Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray for a second. I don't want to misstep here. Jesus, I pray that you would help us today. God, we need your help. We need your grace. I need you to help us today, Jesus. Lord, we need you, Savior. We need you, Savior. We need you, Savior. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Exodus chapter 40. Verse number. We'll, We'll just read a couple of verses here and then be seated and then I'll read the remaining portion. Exodus chapter 40, verse 33. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court of, of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Everybody say the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you could be seated this morning. I've got a lengthy passage that I want to read. Amen. Just to sort of set the context for this subject. I mean, I want to talk to you on the topic of House of Gods, and that's that's the title here this morning. Amen. And and in this passage, in Exodus chapter 40, verse 1 through 34, the Lord, I read the statement, as the Lord commanded Moses. It appears 12 times in that those short 34 verses. And as a result of Moses' Obedience to the commands of the Lord, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And um, that's what we just read as the final summarizing verses of this um, section of Scripture, this passage of Scripture. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation. So Moses finished the work. Then a cloud covered the, the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And the reason the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle was because of Moses' direct obedience to the commands of the Lord. And um, when the Lord gives us commandments or directions, I mean, it's not, it's not optional. It's not just something. But if we want the glory of the Lord, I, okay, if, we're, if we think of it that way, it technically is optional if we don't really want the glory of the Lord. But if we want the glory of the Lord, then it's not optional. We've got specific commandments that we have to uh, obey in order to arrive at the desired conclusion of the glory of the Lord. And let's start with verse 1. Let me just read this passage. I, I hope that I don't bore you this morning, amen, with the lengthy reading here. But let's, I want to try and focus on this section here for a moment. Exodus 40, verse 1. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month shalt thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. Thou shalt put therein the ark of the testimony, cover the ark with the veil. Thou shalt... Bring in the table and, in, and set in order the things that are to be set in order upon it. And thou shalt bring in the candlestick and, and light the lamps thereof. And thou shalt set the altar of gold before the incense, before, uh, for, for the incense before the ark of the testimony and put the hanging of the door to the tabernacle. Thou shalt set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. Thou shalt set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar and shalt put water therein. Thou shalt set up, set up the court round about, hang up the hanging at the court gate, and thou shalt take the anointing oil and, the oint, and anoint the tabernacle 
and all that is therein shall hallow it, and all the vessels thereof, and all the vessels thereof, and it shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all his vessels, and sanctify the altar, and it shall be an altar most holy. And thou shalt anoint the laver and his foot, and sanctify it. And it shall, uh, and thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and wash them with water. And thou shalt put on, put upon Aaron the holy garments, and anoint him, and sanctify him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt bring his sons and clothe them with coats, and thou shalt anoint them as thou didst anoint their father, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office, for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Thus did Moses, according to all that the Lord commanded him. So did he. And it came to pass in the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was reared up, and Moses reared up the tabernacle, fastened his sockets, set up the boards thereof, and put in the bars thereof, and reared up his pillars. And he spread abroad the tent, the tent over the tabernacle, and put the covering of the tent upon it, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he took and put, uh, put, the, put the testimony into the ark, and set the staves on the ark, and put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, and set the veil of the covering, and covered the ark of the testimony as the Lord commanded Moses. And he put the table in the tent of the congregation upon the side of the tabernacle northward without the veil. And he set the bread in order upon it before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he put the candlestick in the tent of the congregation over against the table on the side of the tabernacle southward. And he lighted the lamps before the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. And he put the golden altar in the tent of the congregation before the veil, and he burnt sweet incense thereon, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he set up the hanging at the door of the tabernacle, and he put the altar of the burnt offering by the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation, and offered upon it the burnt offering and the meat offering, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar, and put water there to wash with all. And Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and washed their feet, when they, had, uh, when they went to the tent of the congregation, when they came near unto the altar, they washed, and as the Lord commanded Moses. And then the verses that we read as a text, And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the, on, and the altar, and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Amen. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. As a result, and I wanted to read through that lengthy reading for a reason. And the reason is, is I want you to understand the level of detail that God was concerned with about his house. When he wanted to create, when he wanted his people to enter into the house of the Lord, it wasn't just a flippant attitude. It wasn't just moseying on into the glory of the Lord. It wasn't just, just out of, uh, it wasn't just an, just, um, it wasn't just necessarily an easy process. But when they went to the, the tabernacle of the Lord, there were certain conditions that needed to be met before they received the glory of the Lord. Before the glory of the Lord would meet with them. They couldn't just call it down. They couldn't just immediately produce by some program or by some uh, reason or by some, by some um, talent or by anything like that, but the glory of the Lord came only as a result of direct obedience to the commands of God. And, and the same is true. God does not change. The same is true for us today. The Scripture teaches 
that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm not just saying the Lord doesn't change, but that's in the word of God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his expectations are still the same. There are still, there are still specific commandments before we can receive the glory of the Lord into his tabernacle, into his temple. Amen. Before we receive such a blessed state, before we receive amen, such blessing, there are specific commandments that we need to obey. Amen. Paul tells us, ye are the temple of the Lord. That you're the tabernacle. Amen. Today. Amen. No longer do we go into a, a tabernacle that is, that is stood upon poles and beams. Amen. And covered with the skins of animals. Amen. It's not a physical place. Amen. That we must go to. But Paul indicates to us. That you are the tabernacle now. You are the temple now. And if you want to, to receive the glory of God in your life, you need to obey some things. You need to do some things. Amen. Amen. The first things, amen, that you must obey, and this isn't the stuff isn't in my notes, and I, I'm just going to stand here for a few minutes and, and try to follow this for a moment, but, but the first few things, amen, that we need to receive, if we are to be a tabernacle where the presence of God dwells, if we are to be the temple of God, and we've got to prepare ourselves, we've got to become the temple, we've got to be transformed for what we are today, amen, a house of other gods, amen, into the house of God. Amen. I'm not interested in, in creating a place, a home, a comfortable place for others to, for other gods, to, for false gods to, to entertain other things. Amen. And we'll get to this in a moment. Amen. But, but um, in order for us to create a place for God to dwell in our lives, man, we've got to repent. We have to be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Evidence by speaking in other tongues. Those are the requirements in order for us to become the holy temple of God. Amen. You don't believe me. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Just for, you just have to uh, amuse me here for a moment. Acts chapter 2. Peter was talking to a group of men in Jerusalem and told them that they're the reason that Jesus died, preached a message of conviction to these men. And as a result of this message, verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In order to become a, a temple for the Holy Ghost, in order for, to become a temple for God to dwell in, we must first repent, as Peter said. We must receive, the, we must uh, be baptized in Jesus' name, and we must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, this, I, I've got some stuff that's coming to me right now, and I, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to miss this. I don't, I don't want it just to be something, but 
that I, that I missed or sidestepped. But when Paul was talking, amen, to, to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's just go there. I'll go there at least. Verse 16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of the Holy One of Israel. Amen. The Holy Ghost. Amen. The Spirit of God. Amen. And we just read Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that in order to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that Spirit of God dwelling in you, must repent, must be baptized in Jesus' name. And then Paul, talking to the Corinthian church, those who have already obeyed this commandment, already have become the temple of God, he writes to them, I mean, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, it says, Know ye not that you, you as individuals, you as a person, are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Men, if any man defile the temple, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Amen. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in, the war, in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. And therefore, let no man glory in men for all things are. He said, don't, let, don't glory in the knowledge and the wisdom of men. That's not what God's looking for. What he's looking for is sending his own glory into the temple. He's interested in letting you receive his own glory. Amen. I mean, we can produce our own glory. We can fabricate our own glory. Amen. I don't know about you, but... but the, there's some strong incentive in, in society today to become more intellectual and to go to school and, and to acquire knowledge and education and, and, um, and put some, some numbers, put some uh, particular titles behind your name. And all that's well and good, but all you're doing is producing your own glory. And I'm not preaching against that. I'm not preaching that it's not necessary. In, in some cases, it is an important thing to have. Amen. You can't even do function in your normal jobs in some cases. Amen. Without those credentials behind your name. Amen. But what I meant, but but that is a glory in and of its own its own its own respect. Amen. But God is not interested in all of that. All of that, the Bible just said, as we just read, the wisdom of men is foolishness to God. Amen. That glory will only get us so far here on earth. That glory will only help us get to a certain place here on earth. Amen. We, that will only create a house of other gods. We'll start putting some other things, amen, before God. We'll start focusing on these other things. And, and if you keep it in balance, it's worth it. It's, it's well, worth your investment, amen, in time and education, amen. But what I'm interested in, more than, more than the glory of man, more, more than the interest and, and, the, and uh, the respect of man is the glory of God, amen. Hallelujah. Anyone wish... Anyone who wished to seek the Lord can make their way to the tabernacle of the congregation. And that same glory that enveloped the house of the Lord when Moses produced or created and pulled up, reared up the tabernacle in the, in the, in the uh, wilderness. Amen. That same glory would, would reach those people. Amen. That went to the tabernacle of God. Amen. It wasn't just a one-time deal. When Moses obeyed all the commandments of God and they reared up the tabernacle. Amen. The glory of the Lord met with them there, and what a wonderful testimony 
of Moses' obedience and the children of God's obedience. Amen. But it wasn't just that one time, amen, that the glory of the Lord came. It would visit them again and again. Amen. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 7, Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation. Amen. Which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent and looked uh, at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. It came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the door of the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Uh, and then um, Joshua 18 and 1, the, the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. So Joshua, even noting Moses' relationship with God and obedience to the commands of God and the glory of God that was represented in Moses' life by uh, the tabernacle and the glory of God that met them there. Jo Joshua, amen, stick, stuck around the tabernacle of God and began to produce the glory of God in his own life. And you can read in Joshua chapter 118, like we just did, where they, they reared up again the tabernacle of the congregation there. Joshua noted that this is an important thing for the children of God. They have to have a place. They have to, they have to create that temple, that home for God to dwell in if we want the glory of God to be with us. Amen. 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 But there was another man, not Joshua. I mean, we have Moses and Joshua who were willing to obey the commands of God and rear up the tabernacle in obedience to the command of God in order to receive the glory of God in their life. Amen. But there was another man. Amen. Moses' own brother. His name was Aaron. Amen. He reared up a house too. He reared up, amen, a tabernacle too. Amen. But it wasn't a tabernacle, amen, where God could dwell. Amen. It wasn't a house of God, but it was a house of God's. Amen. He got, he got distracted. He got focused on some other things. Amen. Some other things were more important to him than the glory of God. He was okay with a feigned glory of other gods. He was all right with, with a, 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 a fake uh, uh, relationship with God. He was okay, amen, with uh, a demonstrated uh, relationship with God, uh, but not one, amen, that when you start poking and prodding, amen, anything of real substance. Amen. Amen. And, and you cannot have the glory of God unless you're willing to go to the tabernacle of God, just like Joshua, just like Moses, just like the children of God, the congregation of Israel. It was the tabernacle of the congregation, as the Old Testament referred to. I mean, it was the place that the congregation would go to in order to familiarize themselves with the glory of God again. Amen. Exodus 24 and 1 says, And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye 
afar off. I want you to come. I want you to come into the presence of God. I'm inviting you, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu. I'm inviting the 70 elders of Israel to come into my presence, the Lord said to Moses. And, and I want you to worship. I just want to, I want somebody to worship me. John chapter 4, 24. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is still looking, amen, for those that come into the house of God, that come into his presence to worship him. Amen. And I appreciate the good spirit of worship that was here, amen, just a few moments ago. That's what God truly is looking for. When we come into the house of the Lord tonight, we ought to lift our hands, amen, with the sincere heart of worship and offer to him everything we've got. Amen. Come up unto the Lord. Come up unto the Lord. You, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, 70 elders of Israel, worship you. Far off, and skipping down to verse 9, Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, the 70 elders of Israel, and they saw, they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw God and did eat and drink. My goodness. What an experience. What an opportunity these men had. Literally dining, eating, and drinking in the presence of God. They were in the glory of God. Amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. And Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said to the elders and to the elders, Ye tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. The glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. Amen. Amen. I don't know what time it was exactly I mean, that it elapsed when the uh, Aaron and the elders of Israel, amen, were in the presence of the Lord. I mean, obviously, it was after seven days and less than 40, according to the scripture. Sometime during those 33 days, the Israelites, amen, this, uh, the, the Israelites became impatient. I don't know. Uh, let me back up and re-say what I just said, because that didn't come out the way I wanted to say it. Amen, that uh, between, it was apparently after the seven days when the when the elders of Israel and Moses went up to the presence of the Lord and the 40 days that Moses came back down from the mount, somewhere between that seven day, seventh day and that 40th day, those 33 days in between, amen, the Israelites became impatient. They became, um, they became uh, just, just they, they were interested and 
were not inter- they were interested in waiting for the word of God that was being given to Moses. I mean, they weren't interested, I could say it this way, they weren't interested in waiting for the glory of God that Moses was experiencing on the mount of God. Amen. But they, they wanted something else. They wanted something to happen right now. They could see the glory of God as it danced on the top of the mountain. Amen. The Bible says in verse 17, the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire upon the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. They couldn't say that they didn't realize that something was going on. They couldn't say that they didn't know that Moses was entertaining the presence of God. They couldn't say that. Amen. But they just got tired of waiting, amen, for the glory of God to reveal to them what it was that they were to, where, where they were to go next, what they were to do next, and, and whatever it was that the Lord was dealing with Moses about. They were not willing to wait for that. And so time passed, and the people of Israel grew unsatisfied with their current experience and state. So they called on Aaron, the one that Moses had appointed, amen, after he was called into the mount of God. And he asked Aaron, the priest, to make them a god. We want something to do, Aaron. We want our own experience. We want the glory of God. We want... I don't know what their reason. I don't understand how they could literally feel the heat from the top of the mountain as the fire, amen, consumed, amen, in the glory, as Moses was in the glory of God, as it appeared on the mount, as like devouring fire, as the Bible says. Amen. As they realized that was going on, amen, at the foot of the same mountain, they decided, okay. Um, I, I mean, I literally can't even come up with an analogy to explain what, what they're saying because I don't understand. I don't understand how they can literally feel the heat from the devouring fire on the top of the mountain and the glory of God that Moses was in and say, okay, let's make another God. But that's what they did. And Aaron was one of the ones that was called into the mountain to see the glory of God for himself. He went up with Moses, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the other elders of Israel worshipped him. And he was... One of the ones that was able to see the God of Israel, as we read in verse 10 of Exodus 24. And he left his mountaintop experience, walked to the base of the mountain, and created a fake alternative to worship instead. I don't know about you, but I've been in Sunday night services where the Spirit of God was so real, so tangible, so, so evident And you can describe it as, as, uh, as, as a mountaintop experience. It was just an opportunity, amen, to enter in deeper into the presence of God and to worship Him in His presence. It was as if we were dining and, and eating and drinking in the presence of God. But Monday morning comes. And the pressures of life, amen, remind us of themselves. And we realize that, that life is just going to happen. And, and somewhere between the mountaintop and our traveling down amen, to the base of that mountain, we make a decision. And we say, you know what? It's okay to have a lesson experience with God. It's okay for me, amen, to do the same thing that I've always done every Monday. I, it's okay for me to slip back into my old rut.
And so we create our own God. We create our own version of truth. We create our own version of living for God. Say, this is Jehovah, the one who delivered us from Egypt. This is the God, amen, that created the worlds that we live in. This is the God that created the air that we breathe. Create our own version of Christianity. Create our own version of living for God. And forget all about those commandments that produce the glory of God in the first place. We find ourselves at the feet, amen, of a golden calf, another God, little G. And we begin to construct a house for it. We construct our own place. Oh God, we want your presence. Oh God, we want your spirit. We want to feel the presence of Sunday morning, Sunday night. I thank you, Lord, for the presence of God that is so evident. I, I appreciate the presence of God on Tuesday nights and, and all this. And, and then we go back to our old right. We go back to our house of God's. Feels so feels similar. We can we can feel similar similarly blessed. We feel we, at some point we just justify it in our mind and say what we're doing is okay. And we arrive at a state of being in the house of God's. It's not it's not the real thing. It's not and we cheapen our experience with God. We cheapen what God wants to do for us. I mean, the glory of God on Sunday night means less to us now. Hallelujah. Amen. Next is 32, 1 through 6. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings uh, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, This be thy gods. Could you put this up on uh, Exodus chapter 32, verse 4? These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. These be thy gods. You don't have to. You don't have to go through to the brazen laver and wash before making your sacrifice. You don't have to even make the sacrifice. You don't have to go into the holiest of holies. You don't have to enter to the house of God. What I'm creating for you is a house of gods. These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of Egypt. Verse 5, and when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early in the mor on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Amen. They, they weren't interested. They, all they wanted was just, just 
quick and easy religion. All they wanted was easy, uh, their own version of living for God. Where they can write the rules themselves. Where they could go before the altar of this fake, uh, craft, handcrafted God and then turn around and go back to playing. Oh, I felt bad for doing that. Let me go to church real quick. God, I'm sorry. All right, let's go back to playing. Oh, man, felt a little twinge of guilt there. Sorry. Go back to playing. We create our own version of what it's, how to have church. We create our own version of how, what it means to live for God. Where God said, I came to this earth, I bled, and I died for you. And all I'm asking you to do is keep my commandments, if you love me. If you love me, keep my commandments. See, look, we're, we feel the presence of God too. We, we feel his presence too. I, got, I, still go to, I still feel God when I go to church. I still feel his touch. I feel the presence of God. How often do you leave your mountaintop experience with him and just rise up to play and ignore all the commandments that got you there in the first place that got you here where you are today sitting in the presence of God it wasn't by accident it wasn't because you, were, you did certain number, a certain number of good things in your life that was because you're obedient to the present. You're obedient to the man, the command of God that forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. It's a command from God. It's important that you come to the house of the Lord. But you're sitting here as a result of direct obedience and to the commands of God, and yet we can leave the presence of God and forget about the glory, the real glory, and enter into our house of God's and start worshiping those altars. I really, I'm not just preaching to you guys, I'm preaching to myself too. I feel the conviction of God on my heart right now. First Samuel 15, 23 says, Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Talking, King Saul. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. It's, we sometimes, we, stubborn in our ways. Stubborn. I've decided that this is okay. I've decided That that's right, this is okay, that's wrong, and I've become stubborn in my own way of living. Stubborn. You ain't going to change me. You're not going to change 
who I am stubborn. Hallelujah. Stubbornness. Because the sin of iniquity and idolatry. Our stubbornness is the building blocks of the house of God's. Our stubbornness is our unwillingness to yield to the pulling and the, the, the prodding of the Holy Ghost, the unwillingness to obey the commandments of God. Because, Saul, you've rejected the word of God, of the Lord. You're stubborn. You're unwilling to respond to the prodding and the pulling of the Holy Ghost. You're unwilling. You are unwilling to allow God to change you. You have already made up in your mind going to church that I don't care what it says. I don't care what's done. I'm, I, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to come to the house of the Lord. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do this. And, and I'm going to worship. I'm going to get my own experience. And all you're doing is going to the altar of the, in your house of God. All you're going, all you're doing is falling at the feet of a golden calf and saying, Oh, Jehovah, the God that delivered me out of Egypt, the God that changed me. And it's not even the one that changed you. The one that changed you is on top of the mountain. Amen. The one that changed you, the one that delivered you, amen, is the one that is talking to you through the man of God. The one that changed you is on top. Not at the base of the mountain on Monday morning when you justify and stay stubborn in your way. Come on, church, can we pray for a moment? God, I don't want to stay stubborn. I want to yield to the moving of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about straight up rebellion. I'm not talking about defiance, defiant attitude. No, what you really, you really believe that what you're doing is right. You really believe, amen, that you're worshiping at the right altar. But you built a house of God. You built a, a house, and now you're serving other gods. You're serving, amen, gods of your own making, of your own devising, of your own will. You're serving your own gods. God's allowing you to come to the mountain. He allows you, he allows you to see the glory on top of the mountain. He allows you to experience, to see what he can do. We've got a lot more notes here. I don't know necessarily that I need to finish. tribe of Dan after the Lord left Israel after the Philistines stole the glory of God the ark of God from 
Jerusalem. The tribe of Dan found themselves their own priest, created their own tabernacle, started going through the motions. The glory of God was nowhere to be found. The glory of God was nowhere in the vicinity. But those Danites decided to create their own house of gods. Let's read it. Uh, Judges 18, <clears throat> verse 1 to 4. In those days, there was no king in Israel. In those days, the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell. And for unto that day, all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. And the children of Dan set up their family, five men from the coast, men of valor from Zorah and from Eshtel, and to spy out the land and to search it. And they said unto them, Go, search the land. Who, when they came to the mount, came to Mount Ephraim, to house of to the house of Micah, they lodged there. When they were there, by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man, the Levite, and they turned in thither and said unto him, Who brought thee hither? And what makest thou in this place? What house thou here? Said unto them, Thus and thus dealeth with dealeth Micah with me, and hath hired me, and I am his priest. Micah. Had a house. It wasn't the house of God. It was the house of Micah. It was the house of God's. And then it, he said, "Well, this is the way we used to do it in Israel. We used to, we used to have a priest. We had an altar. We had sacrifices. So I need what I need to do is I need to find me a, a preacher that will that will do the things that I need him to do. So he goes and finds this priest, this Levite. Hired him. This man said, "This is how." Micah has dealt with me, he hired me, and now I'm on his payroll. I'm his priest. Judges 18, 11 goes on to say, There went from thence of the family of the Danites out of Zorah, out of Eshtel, 600 men, appointed with weapons of war, and they went up and pitched in Kirjath-Jerim, in Judah, wherefore they called that place Manhannah Dan unto this day. Behold, it was behind Kirjath-Jerim. Passed thence into the Mount Ephraim and came into the house of Micah. Then answered the five men that went out to spy into the country of Laish and said unto their brethren, Do you know that there is in this house, in these houses, an ephod and teraphim and a graven image and a molten image? Now therefore consider what ye have to do. And they turned thitherward and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, even unto the house of Micah, and saluted him. And the 600 men appointed with their weapons of war, which were for the children of Dan, Dan, stood by the entering of the gate. And these and the five men went to spy out the land, went up, and came in thither, came, and took the graven image, and the ephod, and the teraphim, and the molten image. And the priests stood in the entering of the gate with the 600 men that were appointed with weapons of war. And these went into Micah's house and fetched the carved image, and the ephod, and the teraphim, and the molten image. Then said the priest to them, What do ye? And they said unto him, Hold thy peace, lay thine hand upon thy mouth, and go with us. Be to us a father and a priest. It is better for thee to be a priest unto the house of is it better thee to be the priest unto the house of one man, or that thou be a priest unto a tribe and a family in Israel? And the priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod and the teraphim and the graven image and went in the midst of the people. This priest Nothing more than just a hireling. 
I mean, it didn't stay with Micah. Micah had produced, and as we just read, there was gods there. There were molten images in his house. The priest was, was there for the one man. Then the, Dan, Dan, the Danites came and said, you know what? doesn't make sense. So by force, they stole the gods of Micah. They stole the, the images that he had set up in there, and they stole his own priest. and said, we'll pay you more. We'll do whatever you need. Isn't it better for you to be a priest for more than just one? Or just one? And so Micah's attitude towards religion, attitude, his attitude towards serving God began to spread into the Danites wasn't enough just for Micah to have a house, his own house of gods. It wasn't enough for just Micah. It, wouldn't, it wasn't enough to be just the house of Micah. The Danites looked on, man, I want that kind of experience. I want, and uh, Micah made it look so good. But the Danites came in and said, hey, let's try this. Started their own city. I mean, the city of Dan did not exist before this. And so they, they said, well, in, in the city, we do need a church. We need a, we need a priest. We need to be able to touch God. And so this attitude that Micah had in his house, in Micah's own house, and it became the way of living for these day nights. In Judges 18, 29 through 31, they called the name of the city Dan after the name of Dan, their father, who was born into Israel. Albeit the name of the city was Laish at first, and the children of Israel set up the graven image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and he and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. And they set up Micah's graven image, and he, which he made all the time the house of God is in Shiloh. In Dan, you have a house of gods. In Shiloh is the house of God. If you look at Dan and Shiloh on a map, Dan's on the northern part of Israel. Shiloh's south of that quite a ways. You don't have to go all the way down to Shiloh to get an experience with God. You don't have to go make your way all the way to Shiloh where the house of God is. You can build your own house right there, conveniently placed in the center of the city of Dan. All the Danites, no need to travel all the way down there. Just have our own experience right here. They created their own version of Christianity. I mean, if we could all stand here tonight, I don't, I don't, this morning, I don't want to go any longer. It's important that not remain. I should have just read this as a text because this is really the point. Stubborn in our own ways because that is the same as what these Danites did. That is the same as what Micah did. It's the same as what Aaron and the children of Israel at the foot of Mount, I believe it was Carmel. I'm not sure. Amen. Or Sinai, I think is what it was. Mount Sinai. 
at the foot of that mountain. They stubborn in their own ways. What happened to this Moses? Let us make gods that we could serve. Let's make our own version of Pentecost. Let's make our own version of Christianity. So they started serving at the altar of their own stubbornness and decided that this is the way that we're going to have church. This is the way that we're going to do it. Don't try to tell me. I'm not going to let the preacher tell me how to have church. I'm going to tell him how we're going to have church. I'm not going to, he's going to be on my payroll. He's going to do this and all that. And all God wanted to do is just send his glory into Israel. He wanted to just send his glory into Israel. And I feel like I'm hitting a wall here. I feel like there's just resistance. But if we could, if we could friend, in the mercy of God, lay down our stubbornness. Say, God, I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I'm not okay with it going this way. I'm willing to change myself and to go your way, to do it your way. Not holding on to my gods anymore. I'm Destroying them. Gods could be anything. Could be your music, could be entertainment, family, could be uh, places you like to go, things you like to do. So you've built this house, gods. And you go to it and you can enjoy whatever pleasures you've set up in there. All the while, the glory of God is just waiting for you down there in Shiloh. All you got to do is make a short trip down to Shiloh. Back where it all began, back where congregation of Israel committed themselves to God we're never going to follow any other God we're not going to take to us the gods of the Canaanites, the Jebusites Hivites, all these nations around, we're not going to do any of that God this is, between, this is me and you this is my relationship with you I want a real relationship with you. Day nights obviously didn't feel that way. Let the rest of Israel live their self-righteous, perfect little lives. I just want to rise up and play a little bit. I just want to just want to have me a little patty cake church on the side. And just do this my own way. I wonder if we could just yield our stubbornness to the Lord this morning. I, I know I'm not screaming. I'm not. But I am appealing to us. There's really... There's just an apostolic way of doing things. There's just, there's just a Christian way of living for God. 
if you love me, keep my commandments. I'm just looking for some people that are willing to worship me. I'm just looking for some people that are willing. I'll show them my glory. I have plenty of glory to offer. I have plenty of opportunity to give them. 